Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki Season 2 is... Marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. You are listening to Absent Minded, brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Absent Minded, the top 25 under 25. We're approaching the end of the series as we reach number two with Cole Cowfield. And I'm joined on this pod with Matt Drake again. Hello, Matt. Yes, sir. How we doing? Well, I'm sorry, we're not going to talk about Joshua Rock today. Well, you know, I'm, I might be able to shoehorn him in there somewhere. We'll see. <laughs> Indeed, I'm, I'm, I'm suppo- I suppose so. And obviously, the fugitive on the run, planning the next exhibition uh, in in another in another country. Where are we going next? Oh, next week I'm going to Cyprus for a few days. Ah, there we see. You know, <laughs> one of us is living the high life; the others we're just slumming away doing podcasts. We're also joined by, and I'm going to try not to uh, mess this up too much, Todd Milemski from Wisconsin State Journal. I hope I pronounced the surname reasonably well. That is, that's better than actually, it, it's more appropriate to how it should be pronounced, and it actually gets pronounced by my family, so that, that was great. I love it. <laughs> all right, so we have to thank Andrew Sadonovsky for that. We, we're practicing all these <laughs> Ws and... and uh, right. Yes, so uh, so there. That's that's good. Uh, obviously, you were uh, you, you're part of the Wisconsin State Journal. You covered uh, Cole Cowfield from his college years. Could you foresee the impact already back then that he has had on the on on the Canadians and the Canadians fans probably uh, already? Well, I I'll preface this by saying that I don't know if anyone can ever really expect what happens when somebody goes to Montreal, at least when you're, um, you grew up in Wisconsin, you play hockey here. I mean, it's, it's, it's a big enough sport here, but it's not the dominant sport. And, and no one gets treated in Wisconsin, maybe with the exception of a few uh, pro football, pro basketball players gets treated the way that, you know, just the attention, the, the, how things are magnified 
the way they are with hockey in Montreal. But saying that, I think anyone that saw Cole play in college or um, on his way up to college knew that there was something special about him just in the way that he prepares himself. And I think that's the thing that always made me think that, yeah, he, he wants to prove people wrong. If you're going to tell him he can't do something or he's not going to be able to succeed here or it's going to take him a long time, he's going to say, no, no, watch this. Because that's the way that he's built his career. So many people have told him, you're too small. You're, you're not going to do anything that big when you get to a level where you're going to be facing players five, six, seven inches taller than you uh, on a regular basis. Uh, because he was able to do so many things as a youth player, as a junior player, that, you know, everyone was able to say, no, yeah, it's good for this level, but just wait and see. Well, (laughs) we waited, we've seen, and and I think it's been, um, uh, you know, kind of along the lines of what we thought was possible. Now, does it mean it's going to happen? No, but I think, yeah, we thought it was possible. He was going to be a really, really good player right away because he was, uh, basically at every level that he's been at. Indeed, and and we've seen his development and, and uh, maybe the most impactful um, clip last year was really the practice with Martin Saint-Louis uh, and then doing it on the big stage in NHL. And, <laughs> and you, you say that it's he has always been told not to and he's always found his way around and suddenly... It was so obvious that he practiced, 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 and you, you show him what he needs to do, and five minutes later, he can do it. He, he seems to have that sharp mind as well. He does, and I mean, a lot of it goes back to, I mean, he's got great athletics lineage in his family. Uh, his, his grandfather, uh, I believe, is in the, the, the Hockey Hall of Fame here in Wisconsin, um, a, a professional player in the state. His father was, is the all-time leading scorer for uh, the college that he went to at Wisconsin-Stevens Point, a smaller college, plays at the Division III level, but uh, was, was a player that probably could have had a lot more opportunities for him uh, when he played in the, the late 80s. Um, and, and, so, and then his father was... Um, a manager of the the rink in in their hometown of Stevens Point, Wisconsin, and so there there's a lot of opportunity there to hey let's go get on the ice, um, and that was that was the way he grew up. He and his brother Brock, who is still a player here at Wisconsin, um, they they both just grew up on the ice, and there's a picture of them actually in the. The local newspaper in Stevens Point, uh, when I think Cole was two or three, and you know, just a tiny little guy with the oversized helmet on, and it, nothing looked like it fit. Um, but there he was out there, you know, that that, that was his his uh, hockey education started early, and um, I, I think a lot of that, you know, you talked about his his uh, his mind for the game too that that developed too because he's he's been playing or, or around the game so much that he saw a lot of that growing up just of um you know what what it means what it takes to be a pro what it means to be 
someone going to the next level and, and what you have to do to prepare yourself for it. And I think that's those are lessons that that have proven, you know, just incredibly valuable to them. Matt, you, you obviously followed uh, Cole Caulfield uh, with the Montreal Canadiens last year. What stood out this year for you? I mean, you, you got to take obviously the difference that he showed uh, between his performance, like after they did the coaching change, right? I mean, I, I think anybody who listens to the podcast is pretty well aware of what my opinion was of Dominique Ducharme. And uh, so I won't get into that too much, but the switch over to Martin Saint-Louis was a massive difference for him. You saw immediately, like he was getting more space. Martin Saint-Louis, a lot of people like to bring it up and say, well, he was a small player. And as a result, that's why he's a better coach for Cole Caulfield. I don't think it's that. I think... In Martin Saint-Louis' introductory press conference, he said he doesn't like to necessarily play a system. He wants players to be able to make reads. And I think Cole Caulfield is a player where you have to allow him to be able to make those reads. He excels at finding soft dice. He excels at finding the space that he needs in order to create. And boxing him into a system where as well, you're going to go here. And if this happens, you're going to go here. You're kind of taking away that creativity. And as Todd mentioned, you know, he's somebody who grew up around the game. He has an innate sense of what he can do and what he can't do. The quote that always stuck out for me from Cole Caulfield was right after he got drafted. And people were asking him about his size, of course, as they always do. And he said, well, you know, I've, I've been this size my entire life, right? So this is the only way I know how to play is at this size. And again, allowing him to utilize that innate sense of where he needs to be, what he needs to do in order to have success, I think was super important. And I think Martin Saint-Louis really allowed that to shine. And as a result, we saw a massive difference. I mean, <clears throat> if he had been coaching the team from day one, you got to wonder, would he have really been a little bit more firmly in that conversation for the Calder? I think so. Because when you look at the difference in play, I mean, it, the proof's in the pudding. He was right th up there. I mean, 20, 20, 21 goals in the second half of the season, I think it was. 22, Back yeah. and double check that. 22. Yeah. So, uh, like, if he had that opportunity from day one, he might have been in that Calder conversation. So I think, you know, realistically, what, we, what we're looking at is the major difference maker for him is the ability for him to actually utilize that innate sense, to utilize all that experience that he has, and to, to, to do what he does best. Yeah, he had a he had an average. Well, if if you just beat out his 22 goals in 38 games, which I think he had since Martin Saint Louis took over midseason, uh, it would have been a 49 goal per season pace, right? Which yeah. is just incredible for a guy who's still playing his first full season in the NHL. And when you compare that to what he looked like, just a hollow of a player that he looked like in the first half of the season uh, during the Duchamp tenure. It's just amazing that someone can turn turn it around that quickly. And it just shows you what a special talent Cole Caulfield is. And there's a reason. I was the only one who had Cole Caulfield at number one, right, uh, in the panel this season. Uh, I, I firmly stand behind that still. You know, Cole Caulfield is, in my opinion, the, the player in the Canadian system at the moment who has the highest potential of becoming like that kind of pedigree star player who can actually win an award in the NHL. Um, for him, it would obviously be the Rocket Richard, which would be, you know, closest um, closest for him to get some. I'm not talking this season or next season. I'm talking sometime down the line during his career. It's just we're talking about a special player who, despite his lack of height, um, has just exceeded expectations wherever he's been. He scored 72 goals in his uh, draft year for the U.S. national team development program. And then he went to Wisconsin, 
you know, the first season people were saying, well, he's, his game isn't that well-rounded yet. And he wanted to come to the NHL, but the Canadians um, actually did the probably the right thing. It, it showed that it really was the right thing by sending him back for his sophomore season. And then he wins the Hobie Baker Award as the, uh, you know, best player mm -hmm. in, in college hockey. He's just, whenever you put something like an obstacle in front of him, he's just, you know, exceeded it. And last season, the first half of the season, being sent down to Laval and all that, it could have, you know, hurt his confidence in a big way, but the coaching change and the management change and all that, it just... I'm so looking forward to seeing what he can do with a full, you know, preseason training uh, under a new co like new coaching staff, which it still is. I mean, it's uh, Martin Saint Louis' first real whole season. Even if the Canadians probably won't be a good team this year, just seeing Caulfield and what he can do, you know, on the power play and and playing with uh, quality line mates, it will be a lot of fun. Todd, before that Hobie Baker award, it was almost like. And, and before the World Juniors, I think it was somewhere around that time where you could almost see Cole Caulfield having kind of a hero complex on the ice where he tried to overdo everything and be the um, hub that, that everything circled around. Um, was that something that you could see or and hear from, from your contacts within Wisconsin that he was working to get away from? Or, or was that something that came with the U.S. national team? Well, and I think I think that was something that I remember uh, Tony Granado, the coach here at Wisconsin, saying at one point, you know, uh, sharing what he had had talked with Cole about, you know, just just do your part. That's that's you know, you have to be, you know, you understand you're you're super talented and, and can do a lot of things that other players can't. But you have to understand you're part of, you know, when you're out there on a line, you're part of three or part of five. Uh, you have to rely on on what your teammates are going to do with you. Um, now, when you're going on a breakaway, it's different. You, you, it's it's you. That's that that's your time to do what you can do. But um, that was something that did start to develop. And I think you, yeah, um, the the World Juniors. You talked about that. Um, I, I think being in that environment for a couple of weeks brought that out a little bit more. And we started to see that more uh, after that point. Um, but I, I, I know that that had been a, uh, a topic of, you know, let's, let's just make sure that, that you're, you're using everything that's available to you here because you, you can only do so much on your own, obviously. And, uh, that, you know, I think all young players who are really talented have to learn to fit into whatever, uh, structure that is. And, you know, sometimes it's more structured than others. Obviously, I think here at Wisconsin, it was, it was done well with him that first year he was, he did struggle with, uh, you know, playing the, the complete kind of game and, and, you know, basically from his blue line back, uh, it needed to get better at that. And he did, and he took that to heart uh, in that second season and, and got better at that. And, you know, I remember, you know, seeing, it and I can still see in my head, these moments where it's like, wow, we would not have seen that from him in his first year at Wisconsin, things that he was doing in, in back checking and being, you know, the first guy back and, and those kind of things that was, um, you know, part of his, his growth as a player that, I mean, that still is going on. I, you know, 
he, he's not, a, <laughs> he's not very far into this, obviously, when you're talking about the, the length of a career. So he's got a lot to still do and, and to still learn, but I think he's, he's picked up some of the bigger things and, and it's now, you know, in that fine tuning kind of uh, uh, part. The development program in Wisconsin, it's obviously good. Wisconsin has a good athletics department in general. Uh, when you look back, and, and you mentioned it before we started speaking, really, um, that you you couldn't really partake in the in the practices in the last year because of the COVID regulations, etc. What came out of, of you mentioned that you spoke to Granado, but but what more came out of that, you know, conversations that they had with Cole in regards to his development? I think it was, and, and this is you know that overused cliche now, but trust the process. You know, the, this you wanted, yes, you wanted to be in the pros this season. We're talking about his second year at Wisconsin. You wanted to be in the NHL right now, but that wasn't the road that was there for you. So make the best of what you have in front of you. So then you see the season develop 31 goals, a Hobie Baker award, uh, got the, the Badgers to the NCAA tournament, which they hadn't been in quite a long time. Uh, these were some of those, uh, you know, things you can check off is like, okay, yes, you've done this at this level. I, I always go back to, uh, in, in college with college players in, in recent years, it's like, so Kale McCarr set it up. He could have left Massachusetts after his first season and been a pretty good pro player that next year. He didn't, he came back for a second year, which if for defensemen, I think is probably a good call just in general, but he came back for the second year and was the dominant player at this level then everyone knew he was ready he steps into the playoffs does well there a couple years later he's you know he's obviously just a phenomenal pro player that's where i think that second year really helped cole here at wisconsin was that if you're gonna leave if you're gonna leave early everyone knew he wasn't gonna be here very many years but be the be the dominant player that everyone knows you can be when it's time for you to go and I think that's what he was able to accomplish that second year here at Wisconsin. Indeed. And, and then placing him, obviously, with Nick Suzuki, um, great passer, uh, smart thinker of the game, probably thinks the game the same way as, as uh, Cole Caulfield does as well. Uh, both benefiting from the other. A little bit of Jack Hughes, Hughes uh, Cole Caulfield. And for me, that's, that is a comment that always comes back to me someone has to put the pucks in the net. It's not as easy as it makes it look. And, and, and Cole Caulfield really has done that at every level in his progress. Can you see him going? How much further can you see him going in the NHL? Well, I think you're, I mean, you're talking about awards before. And yeah, I mean, that, he's a, a kind of player that you know, wants to keep striving for, for that. And you're talking about just an award that's basically just a number, right? There's no voting on it. It's, you know, who gets the most goals. Well, that's obviously going to be a, a, a kind of a goal for him because he's a player that, that wants to be, I think, recognized as, you know, yes, I'm, I'm one of the top players at this level, at my age, at, you know, whatever level he's been at, he, he wants to be known as someone that's, um, you, you know, should, should have some, some respect on his name, I think. Um, 
and he's been able, been able to do that at all of these levels. I, I, I think it would be, you know, kind of foolish to say he can't do it at the NHL level, um, given what we've seen from him in the past. And I mean, he, he's someone that, that seems to play best when he's having fun. And, and there was, uh, you know, obviously a, a, a pretty good time there in Montreal when it, it didn't seem like a lot of fun for him. And you could kind of see that in his face, in his demeanor. Um, then, you know, yeah, the, the load gets a little bit lighter for him. You see him enjoying it a little bit more. Um, it was a little bit like his first year and his second year here at Wisconsin. The first year, the team was not very good, even though it should have been. Uh, Keandre Miller, Alex Turcotte, um, Dylan Holloway, Cole. Um, it was it was maybe a little bit too uh, heavily stacked with with high talent players and, and that maybe didn't uh, understand the the level of work that was needed. Um, and and it didn't look like a lot of fun sometimes. And and I think sometimes that suffered. Uh, his play suffered for it. The second year, it it it. It was a lot more fun for him. He was enjoying himself, and and we saw the results come. So I think that's, uh, you know, there's you know, happy player is is a good player, right? And that that's something that uh, teams need to, to keep in mind when uh, uh, you know when you're when you're dealing with um, personalities, and that's the way his personality works best. Matt. Um... Obviously, it's easy to spot when Cole Caulfield is happy. That smile is contagious, even from you know an ocean apart. But but also uh, another player brought into Montreal this year had a great quote in regards to Cole Caulfield. There is a spot on the right wing with, with Caulfield and Suzuki. Can you see Uri Slavkovsky end up on that line, Matt? Mm. I actually. Funny you ask, because uh, I had a tweet that I put out during one of the rookie games um, because U.S. Lovkowski had a play where he came down the left wing and he dragged two defenders below the goal line with him and then threw it out back to Owen Beck and gave Owen Beck a beautiful scoring chance. And the first thing that came to my mind when I saw that happen was, you know, if that puck went to Cole Caulfield, it's going in the back of the net and there's not a whole lot anybody's going to be able to do about it. The thing with Caulfield is, again, as I mentioned before, he excels at finding that soft ice. So he's going to find that soft ice. And if he has a player like Uri Slavkovsky that really attracts a lot of attention because he's extremely difficult to separate from the puck, if he can do that, if he can drag defenders below the goal line with him and then throw it back out and find Cole Caulfield, the puck's only going to be on Caulfield's stick for a split second, if that. And then he's going to let that shot go. And we know he can beat goaltenders from all over the place. So I think Slavkovsky has a shot to get onto that line. I don't know if he can really stick there for the entire year, I don't even know if that's the smart thing to do because Montreal is probably not going to be one of the stronger teams. It might be a bit of a rude introduction to the NHL to say, all right, Slavkovsky, you're going to play on the top line on one of the worst teams in the league for the entire year. Um, However, if they do put him there, I think that he's got a really nice out with the puck in Cole Caulfield. Cause again, Cole Caulfield will find that soft ice. And as long as he keeps his head on a swivel and he can find Cole Caulfield, uh, I think they'll have some success together. So I do think they're going to try him out there. Uh, can he stick? We're, we're going to find out. But I'll tell you what I've seen from Slavkovsky so far and what I know Cole Caulfield can do. I know it works. And I, I'd, I'd love to see it at least for a bit of an extended period during the course of the season. It's an interesting question to to pose, really, because obviously Caulfield and Suzuki find each other really well on the ice. And we saw during times last season that they work quite well together with a power forward as a third third part of that line. 
And now you having drafted a guy who is as big and heavy as they come in, in winger uh, perspective, what is he? He is 6'4", and he's about 230 pounds, uh, and he can skate like the wind. So like, if you just look, as you say, Matt, maybe it will be a rude awakening to put him on that line for the whole season. But if you see some kind of chemistry building throughout the season, it can be really fun for upcoming seasons when the Canadians will have, uh, you know, remodeled, retooled their roster and and focus more on getting young guys in and everything. And if you can have, you know, if you could sign uh, Caulfield to, you know, an extend to a contract extension and have him, you know, locked up and you already have Suzuki locked up as the new newly awarded captain as well. And then you have Slavkovsky. It can be a very interesting line and a difficult line to stop down the line if uh, Slavkovsky becomes what we think he can eventually become in the league. We're, we're, we're here, we're talking about Cole Caulfield and, and his college career, what our expectations are after this year as well. Uh, it's, it's me, Patrick Bexel. It's uh, uh, Matt Drake, Anton Rosegård, and now I'm going to do it again. Todd Milevsky. Yeah. Yes. Let's go with that. <laughs> I see. We say uh, our family says Molesky. Some of it actually in our family says Maluski. So I never really know. I never try. I try not to correct people anymore because I, if our family doesn't know, what am I supposed to say? Yeah. Well, well dude, people mispronounce names constantly anyways. Like I still get people from time to time that will look at my name and they'll go Drac. And I'm like, dude, there's a rapper who is like world famous with precisely my spelling as his name. I think you might be able to figure that one out. But let's face it, everybody butchers names all the time. Well, well let, let's be honest, Scott or, or Scoot or, or Malta or Mattel or, or whatever we have, our colleague, he's probably suffering one of the most. Uh, one of my professors from, from university, his name is Carl Sayer, and it always turned into Sawyer. So, yeah. <laughs> But uh, Wisconsin State Journal, are there any interesting players that you're covering right now and that, that are going into Wisconsin? Yeah, uh, Charlie Strammel is a, uh, a center out of the National Team Development Program. 6'4", uh, I think, it, just a solid, you know, big, solid kid, 18 years old, is uh, a first-round projection for 2023. Um, and, and, and he's, uh, just been, uh, he is coming off an injury plagued season, uh, missed most of the season last year. And so probably better for him that he has another year before his draft year to show what he can do. And he's going to have to do it against some, some really good teams. Obviously Wisconsin plays in the big 10, they play Minnesota and Michigan and Ohio state teams that that uh, have, have really good expectations this season. So he, it's going to be fun to watch him. Uh, obviously, Tyce Milanic is here, a, uh, a Nawa Canadians prospect. Um, he transferred from Quinnipiac uh, after last season. Uh, he looks impressive in open space in the practices I've seen so far. Um, I'm interested to see how he does in, you know, when he's in a little bit more traffic and gets a little bit more contact. Uh, but I, he, he's someone that I'm, I'm definitely interested in. Obviously your, your listeners will be interested in, in following where he goes from here. He's, he's, uh, you know, a bit of a flyer or a bit of a process, uh, prospect, uh, uh, what am I trying to say? A project maybe in terms of a, a pro player, what he'll be in the, 
the next few years, but uh, there's there's something there. Um, it, it just kind of we'll see if it develops into a, um, you know, someone who can make his way up into the pro ranks. Wasn't it uh, yesterday or two days ago that uh, our former colleague uh, and I, I actually had his name just uh, but gave a shout out about time being maybe the project that Montreal Canadiens fans will appreciate most next year uh, or the upcoming season. Uh, Mitch Brown is obviously the name I'm thinking of. And and uh, it'll be interesting uh, to see that. We hope to have you on more times, Todd. It's been very enlightening to, to, to have you on. And obviously with the Canadians connection, I'm sure we, we will get back to you. Maybe we have to get back to you at a better time and have Matt take the conversation because he's based in in North America anyways. Uh, I'm happy to have you guys ask me because I, I grew up being a, a Habs fan. And so this has all been a little weird for me having Cole be a uh, Canadian's draft pick and then have, you know, everyone from Montreal coming here to, to uh, to see his games and, and cover him. And it, it's been a little odd having those worlds collide here for me, uh, my my youth team and, and now the team that I cover. So, yeah, it's been and, fun. And now, now you realize why Montreal is the mecca of, of ice hockey, right? Well, I think I knew, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I knew uh, 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 growing up, I mean, even from a distance, uh, but now you're getting to see it a little bit First, you know, more more in detail. It's yeah, wow. It's 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 really uh, it, it's really something more than than we get for a lot of things around here. <laughs> Maybe the exception of the the Packers, the football team, but uh, that that's basically the level that we reach here of of uh, fandom and, and and a little bit of craziness in terms of expectations. And just because of that, uh, Green Bay obviously tweeted out something and. Uh... I'm going to finish this off. Thank you all, uh, everyone, for, for joining us. Thank you guys for, for keeping score of the podcast and listening to us there. There's one big episode coming up, and we're recording that soon, and obviously we'll be out on Friday. Uh, Todd, thank you again, and go Packers. <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.